Hello, and welcome to today's session of the Supply Chain Master Series by Transportation Insight. I'm Peter Ryan in the Transportation Insight Marketing Group. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Our panelists are ready to deliver impactful insight that you can apply into your own operational environment. We designed this series of digital events to connect you with directly with our team of supply chain masters to bring you expert level advice on solving supply chain challenges. If you have a question during today's session, please type it into the questions panel that you see in your webinar viewer. We'll respond to as many of your questions as possible during our broadcast. And now uh, let's jump right into today's topic being presented by two of our change management experts. Client Solutions Director Garrett Fraker and Client Solutions Director Matt Baum. Garrett and Matt will be talking today about the problem with the status quo. So good morning, Garrett and Matt. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Peter. Really appreciate it and uh, appreciate the opportunity to share this with our uh, group today. Guys, as uh, Peter mentioned, uh, my name is Garrett Fraker. I'm a Client Solutions Director here with Transporta uh, Transportation Insight. Been in the uh, shipping uh, industry for, for nearly 20 years now, uh, 8 to 10 years parcel, uh, 8 to 10 uh, in the brokerage space, and now the last uh, two plus, nearly three, uh, with Transportation Insight. Looking forward to sharing uh, our perspective on uh, building a uh, an idea around uh, challenging the status quo. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. And this is uh, I'm Matt Baum, Client Solutions Director. I've been in uh, transportation for close to 13 years now. Uh, everything from public transportation to software for the private fleet, last mile kind of uh, optimization and tracking, uh, and now more up the um, uh, supply chain stream, if you will, into um, LTL truckload shipping here uh, with TI. So uh, as Garrett said, we appreciate anybody who's on the call time, either good afternoon or maybe good morning uh, to some of you that may be joining from elsewhere in the country. Um, sorry about the picture there. It's a little uh, dated. I've got the COVID beard going on here, so might need to get that updated. I'll talk with marketing <laughs> after the fact. Um, but again, thanks for everybody to be here. I'm going to kind of set this up for you in terms of what we're talking about today. And essentially, what's the problem with the status quo? That's uh, kind of broad reaching, right? You could apply that to many different facets of your life. But essentially, obviously, we're going to be talking about it today from a transportation supply chain logistics, logistics aspect in terms of, um, you know, trying to challenge you uh, and, and give you kind of some discussion points today, <clears throat> very informal, more conversational in terms of, are you asking yourself these particular questions that we're gonna go through of your supply chain and your current execution? So uh, a lot of people that we either tend to talk to, at least myself, and I'm sure Garrett can attest to it as well, that uh, transportation is kind of seen as a necessary evil. It's a cost of doing business, yes, but uh, a lot of people just tend to say, uh, we're getting product from point A to point B. That's really all we care about. Uh, we prefer if it's on time, undamaged, least cost as much as we can, whether you're talking about any mode, LTL, truckload, parcel, it's all about, hey, are we getting it there? And are we getting it there when it needs to be there? And that's great. You have to do that, right? That's a, a, a part of doing business. But are you doing it in the most optimal way? And so 
what we're trying to do today is in terms of what's the problem with the status quo is if you're kind of currently in the state that, hey, the product gets there, and most of the time it gets there when we need it to be there, then you're kind of comfortable. You fall into the status quo. Um, you're not questioning, could you be doing things better? Could we eliminate some costs, uh, some time from what we do? So the agenda today for really for us is to just have you take away, maybe challenge yourself or challenge your organizations or your teams, depending upon what your role is within the organization, on uh, are we asking these particular type of questions in terms of our supply chain operations? Uh, when's the last time we kind of analyzed what we do and tried to figure out could we do it any better? And so that's really what we want you to come away with today. And so it's not so much educational as it is just thought provoking. And we hope that at the end, you guys uh, can either take it away and say, you know, maybe I should be asking these questions about the way we operate uh, internally. And so there's kind of four main areas that we're gonna focus on today. It's gonna be kind of strategy or plan, if you will, uh, execution of the plan, compliance to the plan, and then really analytics and business intelligence uh, at the end of the day uh, to kind of measure yourself and to try to decide how do you make changes. So within those four kind of main areas there, what questions can you ask of, of yourself or of your team, again, depending upon what your role is, uh, that will lead to either positive change or maybe just validation of what you're currently doing. And so that's really the idea uh, of today's call. And so uh, to get it kicked off, we got to start with the plan, right, or the strategy. So uh, how do we start? What questions should we ask from the beginning before we can get to anything else? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Matt, uh, really first, before we build out a plan, we must know who we are, uh, who the company is. What we advise our customers is really to take an introspective look as to where they stand in the marketplace. Uh, who are they? Uh, before we can understand what we want to accomplish, uh, we need to understand if we're growing, uh, we're shrinking. Um, that would determine if we make uh, a play towards a more aggressive approach, more conservative approach. How do our customers view us? Uh, are we uh, seen in the industry as a leader? Uh, are we seen as, uh, or are we seen as just a commodity? what experience are they having in receiving your goods? Um, a lot of times people really don't recognize, companies don't recognize that the carriers are an actual extension of them once it reaches the customer's doorstep. Uh, what we've seen over the course of the last five or six years is, is what we'll call the, the Amazon effect. You know, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's been a shift where uh, the personal buying habits of, of uh, consumers uh, have now translated into their buying habits uh, for their organization. Uh, the, the two days uh, prime delivery, uh, potentially free delivery, that's almost built up uh, what traditional business-to-business -business, uh, companies had, had recognized, that, that almost an unrealistic goal. So how can we close, uh, what our customers recognize is, uh, how can they closely mirror uh, the experience that Amazon customers have as companies are buying their goods or, or e-com is buying their goods. Um, how does the, the, uh, uh, the carriers view us? Are we uh, a, a, a partner uh, in delivering those goods? Have we included the carriers in building our strategy? 
that's incredibly important as as we are building out our goals, as we're building out our KPIs. Um, ultimately, we need to see what goals uh, that we're looking to achieve and, and how do those goals align uh, with with the strategy from from uh, uh, our carrier partners. You know, the Hall of Fame uh, coach uh, famously said that hope is not a strategy, uh, that uh, willing, th willing an outcome to be different doesn't necessarily uh, get you where you want to be. And so, Garrett, I'm going to just jump in right there, if you don't mind. Um, so, good example of this, and it just it kind of came to mind here. And for those on the call, you're going to see these quotes throughout our slides, right? Very pretty. We're not going to talk about every single one of them, but uh, this one kind of hits home because I uh, just had a recent call uh, with a prospective client that uh, is in the auto parts business, right? They move auto parts, but also actually move the vehicles themselves, right? And through discussions, they were kind of determined that the spend is about $35 million to move these vehicles uh, back and forth. And through discussions, we kind of came up with the fact that uh, nobody really owns that within the organization. So there's no one individual or one division that owns that $35 million spend. It's essentially kind of what I hit on earlier. It's a necessary evil or the cost of doing business, right? Nobody's taking a stand to say, hey, can we do it any better? The case may be that they can't, right? But the fact is that nobody's really uh, looking into it, right? So the hope is that as the company scales uh, and gets bigger, the cost either kind of goes with that incrementally, but hopefully not too much. But who knows what the volume is going to do there? So the idea is the fact that there's nobody that owns it, there's nobody that's looking into it, uh, just to determine whether or not they could do it better. So even the fact that they may not be able to, uh, the fact that nobody's questioning that or even looking into it, I think leaves a lot on the table for opportunity. So it goes right to that quote there that hope is not a strategy. Let's uh, grow the business, but let's hope that our costs don't get uh, too incremental along with that versus, you know, let's do something to kind of head it off at the pass. So uh, I just think it goes right along with that quote there. And it's just a good real life example of, uh, again, viewing transportation or supply chain as a, uh, just a, a regular occurrence of cost of doing business. So thanks. I didn't want to jump in too much there, but I just thought it was really pertinent. No. Yeah, no, that that that's really a fantastic example. Whenever uh, whenever companies take that introspective look, there there's also a, a level of ownership uh, that may, may need to be taken. Uh, a lot of companies are experiencing growth. Uh, they 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 may be shrinking or they they may be static, but but having um, someone within the organization take ownership of building that strategy uh, is, uh, is is really paramount. Taking that ownership is is uh, uh, first and foremost. That, that is part of that introspective look. You know, with transportation inside with with our company, typically what we'll do is we'll we'll help our customers uh, see uh, a lot of their alignments. You know, uh, in in looking to achieve their goals. Uh, it may be eliminating waste in the supply chain, uh, increasing the customer satisfaction, as we had uh, spoke about earlier, we shared earlier on on the Amazon effect. Uh, maybe uh, reduce the DSO, our day sales outstanding, our ordered cash cycles incredibly too long, and a lot of money is floating out there. What can be done to uh, to to address that? And then uh, elimination of of uh, waste in the supply chain uh, that would then uh, reduce the uh, soft cost and. And, and looking at a procurement strategy 
to to uh, reduce the heart cost. You know where I'm uh, where I've mentioned before where transportation insight comes into place is we help companies realize where they stand in the marketplace from the carrier's perspective. You know companies don't tend to see floor level pricing um, without going through uh, an engineered approach to procurement, setting up that procurement strategy. Uh, engineered pricing, for those that may not be familiar, that's, that's where you look to see where the carriers are, are potentially most profitable uh, in aligning your freight, to making your freight more attractive to those customers, or to those carriers rather, uh, in order to get the floor level pricing and, and ultimately that, that tends to lend to uh, better customer service experience, better delivery times. A question that folks will also often need to ask is, not only do we have the right carrier partners in place, but are we utilizing a brokerage network or the brokerage relationships uh, appropriately? There's certainly uh, space in, in uh, the supply chain uh, where brokerage should be leaned on heavily. What our experience is and what our customers have shared with us is, is that while there is a time and place for the brokerage, typically on a high, um, high visibility um, uh, customer experience, uh, shipping experience, that our customers want to be closer to the carriers, have that open line of communication. We do help facilitate that, uh, but really understanding where those two come into play, where that, that handoff should take place is, is, uh, is uh, of utmost importance. Really, at the end of the day, it's, it's the attractiveness of your freight to the carriers, uh, how you can best leverage not only your volume, but your shipping characteristics to those carrier networks that allow for uh, a solid uh, procurement strategy as you move forward to be able to build out those KPIs, uh, to be able to build out the measurables that are, are necessary to, to measure against later in the process. I think we may have you on mute, Matt. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so kind of once we've done <laughs> strategy there, how do we go about getting things done, right? How do we actually go about executing, right? And so execution in terms of kind of what we experienced, the clients I talked to, uh, I had a lot of experience for a long time in software for the transportation industry. And kind of the, the two that always come up, right, are, are from an execution standpoint is obviously technology and human capital. Uh, not always in that order, right? So uh, depending upon who you have on the line here, you may execute your strategy for a supply chain perspective uh, using technology already. Uh, maybe it's a very manual process, uh, just using um, human capital, right? And so the idea there is, it's not to say one is right or one is wrong. The idea is just what's the best fit for the business. And so we want you to ask yourself some questions from a, a execution standpoint. And to begin with, I mean, let's just start with technology while we're there. So uh, from a technology perspective, some things that you may want to know about are kind of the questions that you'll see on the screen right now. Uh, is technology in place? Again, not a good or a bad thing if it is or it isn't, but based on maybe growth, scalability, uh, current volume, would it be easier uh, with a technology in place? Why? Because there's an expense uh, to doing it manually. But then again, there's also an expense to technology. But when's the last time you asked yourself, asked yourself is uh, one, correct technology in place if you already have tech, or two, uh, could there be any technology in place if we're, we're doing everything manually right now? 
um, again, we want to cut down time spent and we want to cut down dollars spent uh, on kind of executing our supply chain. So uh, visibility and business decisions uh, come along with tech. So if everything's very manual, very paper-based or email-based, do you aggregate that later to be able to kind of measure yourself on actually how you're executing uh, the supply chain, no matter what modes you're in, whether you're controlling inbound or controlling outbound freight, I think the same applies there. Um, you know, what is your autonomy and control uh, in the supply chain? So from a technology standpoint, do you own, do you control the technology? Um, what do you have to do in terms of integration, right, and support and maintenance on the technology? Uh, how many people do you need for that? Uh, again, do you have agility, autonomy to make changes, or are you very reliant uh, either on a third party or a vendor to make those changes for you? And again, uh, it kind of harkens back to what we've been talking about. Neither one is good or bad. Uh, again, this is meant to be a thought-provoking exercise. We're trying to say what is best for the business uh, or your business goals that you want to achieve. Is it one or the other? Don't know. But if you're not asking yourself the questions, you're never going to get the answers, right? Um, from a technology standpoint, scalability concerns. Can the technology grow uh, as the company grows? Or if we're on a very, what you might call light technology, um, is there going to be a certain point uh, where there's diminishing returns? And we've got to look at making changes. Are we already there right now? Um, we talked about kind of annual license maintenance support fees. That's another kind of budgetary item that has to go in when you talk about tech. Uh, what's the cost to maintain? Or, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you could expand on that just a bit. You know, we talk about the, uh, there are a number of different uh, options uh, the company has in, in acquiring uh, technology, uh, be it partnership, subscription, uh, annualized license. Would you mind to, to walk through that just a bit more, more detail, and, and that may help uh, the folks that joined us here today to see where they are and, and maybe help guide them to uh, what direction they, they may want to look. Yeah, sure. I mean, so to expand upon a little bit, kind of when you think about software, and again, this comes from my biases being in software sales for quite a while, uh, is that when we're looking at tech, you think immediately a budget expense, right? I have to either put out a large CapEx to acquire it and then pay a certain annual fee to kind of maintain and support it, uh, or I'm going to do kind of a pay-as-you-go type plan um, and purchase it and kind of pay as we go, three-year, five-year contract, whatever it is. Uh, or I think people don't realize also that there's actually options out there uh, where tech is provided as part of a larger service contract. And if we have any clients on the phone uh, for this webinar, uh, that may be the case for you already. Uh, but the idea there is kind of the tech is provided as a tool, if you will, in the larger toolbox of the larger service agreement. Uh, the kind of the planning, uh, execution piece, compliance. And as long as the service contract is in place, that tech is just offered uh, as part of your agreement. But maintained by the particular partner that uh, is supplying it to you. So um, question becomes, you know, have you even looked at that? I think most people just think, you know, technology, you know, we're getting the job done again manually, we're, we're doing it. We don't want to look at tech because I see it as a cost, an immediate cost, instead of an opportunity uh, to actually leverage technology to reduce cost without the initial 
outlay. And so it depends on the business and your size and kind of volume um, and exactly, again, what your business goals are. So when you talk about tech or software from a feature functionality standpoint, you know, am I going to overpay for feature and functionality that I don't need? Or is there a particular uh, offering that says, you know, it, it, it checks all the boxes I need it to check, but I don't have to pay all the boxes that it could actually check. And so, again, there's no right or wrong answer, right? It depends on your business and what your goals are. But if you're not exploring it, if you're not talking to people about it, then there could be a lot of low-hanging fruit on that tree uh, that you're missing out on from a tech standpoint. So I hope that answers the question kind of in a roundabout way. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a great point. I, I think what uh, a lot of our folks witness, uh, our customers witness in the marketplace is, is it does come to, you know, CapEx versus uh, ongoing maintenance fees versus subscription fees versus partnership. Uh, and it really, it, it's, it's, as you shared, it, it, it's what fits them. Uh, what they're looking to accomplish. Again, it, it comes down to building the strategy. Uh, now it's time to execute that strategy and, and, and what tools uh, are out there in order to, uh, to best uh, uh, execute those optimally. Well, and good point. So here when you talk about tools, right, just kind of historically through years, whatever, you may have acquired multiple different tech to solve multiple different issues, whether it's, you know, you run your own private fleet, you need to have electronic logs on these guys, you want to track them, you want to plan that fleet, or from a more larger kind of freight shipping or parcel shipping opportunity, you have tech that handles that. You know, is there an opportunity to kind of consolidate, right, those systems? I guess I use the term one hand to shake, and it may be that it can't based on your business needs. But again, if you're not exploring it, there may be opportunity out there to kind of consolidate into one single tech uh, where you have four or five right now that are solving different problems within the organization. But if we always just stick with the status quo, then that's not going to change. So we're not going to know that there is an opportunity to consolidate and simplify uh, internally. So we right. kind of hammered the tech here pretty much. But the second piece of execution is, of course, the human capital, right? Somebody's got to use that tech, <laughs> whether you're outsourcing the use of the tech or uh, it's your own internal employees that are using the technology. You gotta, you gotta have the human capital there. So, uh, if you're in a manual process though, right now, um, you know, is there a disconnected divisions? Do different business units handle transportation differently? Um, do my procurement guys, uh, handle things differently than my shipping guys? Are there different technologies there? Uh, how do we consolidate the data to make any kind of business decisions downstream? Um, if we're overstaffed, there's obviously a lot of cost associated with that. Or you may have one guy that's responsible for shipping freight, right, getting quotes, et cetera, et cetera, um, but he also wears a lot of different hats. And so that's just kind of homework. Let's just get the job done versus I'm not really worried about getting it done better. I'm just worried about getting it done, get the product from there to A to point B. There's opportunity there. There's ROI there. Uh, if we're understaffed, you're going to lead to inefficiencies. You're going to lead to higher transportation costs and uh, quite possibly higher or uh, lower customer service levels. So where's the balance, right? And if we're not asking these kind of questions, we're not looking at balancing out the human capital that we need with the, either technology or the non-existent technology we have, both have issues. And so to your point earlier in the presentation, it's an ongoing process. This should be an ongoing kind of engagement that you have internally 
because things change. Uh, Lord knows <laughs> this year with the pandemic, things have changed. So um, asking yourselves, you know, these questions uh, as it pertains to execution of the supply chain, I think is very important. But now, obviously that's just one piece of it. So if we do the plan and we do the execution, how do we make sure that uh, efforts aren't wasted? That's right. That's right. You know, that that brings up really the the the, fir, uh, the third call it pillar, uh, the 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 back end checking of of compliance. You know, the compliance is really broken down into two uh, different areas. Um, uh, one will have an internal compliance where we're taking a look uh, at the folks that may be executing the freight at, at our vendor partners, at our carrier partners. Uh, secondly, we, we, we look at a deeper dive into an audit, an external audit uh, process. Both of those working in the compliance, there's uh, a need for a process to be put in place, sometimes technology surrounding that in order to best achieve, best achieve uh, optimal compliance. You know, whenever we look at uh, an internal compliance model, it's are the companies or are our customers uh, having the, the best possible experience uh, with your shipping? Uh, taking a, a, an introspective look at that is, are all the folks that's on your team uh, pulling the rope in the same direction? You know, how do we know that uh, the uh, you know, Steve on the dock isn't giving freight to ABC Carrier uh, because ABC Carrier brings donuts, right? I think we've all heard those stories, and and uh, we we may have witnessed them firsthand. Uh, somebody drops off some sporting event tickets, and magically, uh, freight ends up on that that carrier's truck. Uh, is there some some safeguards? Is is, is there some measurement tools uh, built within these solutions? that allow for checking that that uh, that box that there is an internal compliance are the vendors uh that we're bringing freight in from or doing third-party shipments to drop shipments through uh are they adhering to the to the strategy that we put in place again you know the the strategy uh is only on paper unless we put something actionable behind it unless we can measure it you know the henry wadsworth longfellow's uh famous quote here uh, it takes less time to do the uh, right thing than to explain why you did it wrong. Let's put out a process, put out, uh, deploy some technology to uh, deploy some resources to monitor compliance for both uh, internally and externally uh, through our employees and, and, and through our vendor partners. Ultimately, do we have transparency uh, in the audit process uh, to, to measure that? Um, we also need to look are we most efficiently uh, utilizing technology and resources, the human capital uh, that Matt mentioned, uh, to handle claims uh, for for bill pay? Uh, is that running at an optimal uh, optimal solution? Um, we need to make sure that we have the manpower and processes built around these. The questions really come in, in, in an audit is, uh, are we comprehensive? Uh, are we spot checking? Um, do we have that opportunity? You know, um, Matt, I like, uh, if you would, she just covered on technology a bit. What have you seen in the marketplace that avails itself for measuring uh, compliance uh, internally and externally through 
uh, carrier optimization or through vendor compliance? Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of vendor compliance, again, this isn't all of them, but the majority of people that I talk to, that, that word you use, spot check, always comes up. Well, accounting handles that, and they'll spot check it. Because ultimately, accounting, that's a piece of what they do, but it's not all of what they do, right? And so spot checking says, yeah, we kind of did it, and we look all right. Instead of taking the holistic view and saying, you know, well, there's probably a lot of areas there where we're missing, depending upon what our volume is, right? If you're a heavy parcel shipper and the volume's way up there because you're big on e-commerce or whatnot, there's probably a lot of opportunity to cut costs right there, but not if you're spot checking because you're only going to catch so much. Uh, you know, a lot of fish are going to get through the net, so to speak. And so uh, looking at it in terms of technology, I know that there's some tech out there that says, you know, we audit. But some of it, and I can't say all of it, right, because I don't know. I'm not know, all-knowing, but uh, they'll identify that there's a problem. Hey, we were billed more than we were supposed to be. That's it. And so now it's up to you to go figure that out. Now you got to go do the claim. Now you got to figure out if you want to keep the contract uh, with the carrier. Uh, but then also sometimes I think it goes into these areas where we identify one particular instance. Uh, oh, this carrier overcharges us by a whole lot. Let's fire the carrier. That, that's a knee-jerk reaction, I think. Right. Uh, whereas what we're talking about here is, again, a holistic view to executing uh, and planning the supply chain is to say, is that really the case, or can we look at a bigger picture uh, and see that ultimately uh, it's actually just a one-off, right? It's an outlier. And so that's the, the tech there. Different tech is going to do different things. But without questioning it or without having a conversation, again, about could we do it better, I think you leave a lot on the table there, right? You're looking at the fish bowl instead of the fish tank. Uh, and I think that's what these questions should bring into people's minds because I certainly have conversations with people that experience exactly that. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. You know, ultimately it's, it's about achieving a best in class process. Uh, there's been a number of resources that have been pulled in on the front side for generating the strategy going through the procurement exercise, being able to have the plan in place of what your go forward is. Uh, secondly, we, we, we've deployed the technology around executing on this solution, uh, executing on the strategy. Uh, as far as the, the physical movements uh, and the actionable historical uh, uh, or present time, uh, it's gonna be found in, in the audit, uh, audit arm. You know, the audit arm by providing uh, again, those technologies uh, and those resources around achieving a best-in-class, it's a matter of, you know, some folks find it, it it's uh, satisfactory uh, just to build off of a, a, a spot check or the eyeball or the sniff test that, hey, take a look at an invoice that looks right uh, and then pass it along. Uh, what we see, what TI sees as the best in class is, is taking it down to the penny or nickel on all shipments, uh, even to a point where we re-rate the shipments that were executed through the TMS, uh, through the technology in order to make sure that the carriers are holding up their end of the bargain, you know, that the carriers are meeting us where we need to be met. Um, while spot checking can prove effective on assembly lines, uh, it's not necessarily effective in uh, in dealing with the real dollars of, uh, of a compliance audit. I think really, uh, Matt, that leads us to uh, the last part, you know, the, the, the tying up of all loose ends. 
whenever we take a look at, at uh, intelligence uh, and data. Before we, before we get into the slides, um, you had shared with me a, a quote that you had heard on, on data versus uh, analysis. Would you mind to, to, to lead off with, uh, uh, with where you see the difference uh, in where you hear customers say that we've got great data, we've got lots of data, uh, but then what actual uh, analysis mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, of course, depending upon what your role is as a company, we get into business intelligence analytics. Oh, your favorite part, right? Your favorite part of the presentation. Um, but that's because I think that view comes from exactly what you're saying is data, right? And so the quote I have heard is, you know, data is homework. Analytics is actionable, and I think that's where most people are experiencing this world of tech and data. I have a ton of data, but I don't do anything with it, right? I just kind of look at it, or it's very reactionary, very descriptive. Um, this is what happened. So what, right? So what? The idea is how do we use that to actually move forward and do something with it to make business decisions based on what's really going on? And so from that aspect, again, uh, just data, yes, is boring. And so you don't want to just look at data. Ooh, slides with some bar graphs and pie charts, cool. It's more about what is the data telling you? Uh, and is it allowing you to be more prescriptive and predictive with what you're doing on a day to day basis? Um, you know, kind of a continuous cycle, right? So, um, we talk about analyzing and measuring. It's not only the what, right? Which are the questions you're going to see here. It's the, the why. Uh, and I think BI and analytics go a long way to closing the loop on everything we've talked about. You've set up a plan, you've executed your plan, uh, you made sure that you complied or your vendors specifically or carriers or partners have complied with the plan, but how am I trending? Uh, especially if you're in like a decentralized environment where one BU owns their own P&Ls and another division does something else, uh, how can I look at it holistically? And again, it depends on what your role is for those on the phone. And you may just be interested in your metrics or your uh, analytics for your particular responsibilities. But as we go up the chain, can we get a holistic view on what's going on uh, from a supply chain transportation standpoint? And I think BI analytics kind of really tells that story. You know, can we reduce manual processes of report requests? A lot of people I talk to today, yeah, I get this annual or this quarterly report or this annual report. I have to go request it, IT has to pull it up, somehow I get it, CSV, uh, PDF format, it's very difficult to kind of dig through that data. And to go back to the quote, that's where it becomes homework. It's just homework at that point. But if you have the right BI and analytics in place, it's more engaging, it's more interactive, and it's real-time visibility. I mean, that's another question there in terms of business intelligence analytics. Can you access the data that you want, when you want it, how you want it? Uh, and that goes a long way, but still going back to, well, that's great from a descriptive standpoint, but from an actionable standpoint, you know, if we have a BI or analytics tool in place, what are we doing with it? Are we making any decisions based upon it? Are we looking to say, hey, pat ourselves on the back, we're doing a great job, or are we saying, hey, there's some issues here, here, here? And I think any client you talk to probably has some very specific instances that they can uh, say, Without BI, well, this happened. Go back to the uh, fire carrier because we got overcharged for one thing. Is that the real view? Is that the whole view? BI and analytics gives you the ability to look at that and not make rash decisions based on guesswork, 
based on actual data uh, that's reliable uh, that you can trust, right? Some of that goes back into tech. There's A, B, C, D, E, F, G tech companies in there and you're not integrating the data into one-stop shop. It's tough to trust that data uh, to make decisions off of, right? But uh, in the case of a good BI analytics tool, or if you kind of have the entire solution that we've been talking about where you're planning, you're executing, and you're complying, and all of that data feeds into the same database, they're not having to work together through integrations, either you have to pay for from a third party, et cetera, that becomes a very powerful tool. But it, it certainly isn't if you're not acting upon it, right? If you're not doing anything with it, whether it applies to your specific responsibilities or business unit or the larger enterprise as a whole, right? Um, so th th these are the kind of the questions that are up on the screen that you see that we wanna be asking ourselves. Um, because there may be solutions out there, again, either to consolidate, integrate, and streamline, or if you're saying, geez, I just wish I knew what was going on with this. These kind of tools give you that visibility uh, and allow you to not only, again, be descriptive, um, you know, kind of what happened, but why did that happen? Let me dig into why it happened, but it helps me to identify uh, that it did happen, and then be more even, you know, Predictive, hey, these are trends that I, I don't want to see. Uh, they're going in the wrong direction, so let me head it off at the path. Uh, or even prescriptive. So here's what's happening, and I know how to fix that. But if I if I never knew it was happening, I wouldn't know how to fix it. And so I think uh, business intelligence and analytics goes a long way, but it's more the age-old concept you've probably heard any salesman you ever talk to say is garbage in, garbage out. It especially applies to software, right? Um, again, rely trusting of the data uh, that you see and being able to make business decisions based on that data not based on guesswork and a lot of it depending upon who you partner with if you take it over yourself or you partner with somebody like a ti uh, we provide services that kind of do this for you so if it's uh, hey, i just don't have the bandwidth i'm gonna have to hire somebody or a team to do this kind of stuff there are opportunities or solutions out there where uh, you can outsource that uh, in certain service contracts to say, help us with this, because, you know, our key point is to manufacture or make, you know, this widget and sell it. That's what we're good at. Again, transportation comes into, it's just a necessary evil. We have to get it from here to there to make money. But is there an opportunity to kind of pick that fruit off of the tree, will, if you will, or you know, heck, get into an agreement or, or buy something that gives you an ax to cut down the whole tree itself. Um, and that's what this kind of stuff is for. And so whether or not uh, you think you can't do it yourself, there's opportunities out there where people can help you with it. Uh, or if you think we can do it ourselves, but we're definitely not utilizing it. Uh, these are, again, these challenging questions that we hope after the call here, you, you take away and say, could we be doing this stuff, you know, and, and would it, uh, be beneficial for us and I, I do think a lot of people say I would love this stuff but we can't do it we've never been able to do it I would challenge that and say well why have you just not found the kind of the right solution the right partners etc uh, and have a conversation about it I mean the answer is always no unless you ask and so again kind of the point here is going back to you know strategy you spend time building the strategy either invested or you spend time getting technology in place to execute strategy you're complying with it uh, now what do you do with all that how do you make changes how do you go forward and the bi analytics really brings that again full circle to say 
let's keep this machine running, let's keep it going, right? That's the nuts and bolts of everything. That's absolutely right, absolutely right. And, and I think you hit on a number of, of, of key components. It's, it's really by having actionable data that you can make uh, changes on the fly that, that maybe you're not beholden to somebody to provide data to you, uh, having it at your fingertips too. You know, the, the world's changing. We, we obviously saw that you know, starting February, March, April this year. Uh, in, in trying to stay out in front of something that's unknown, uh, while that may sound uh, contradictory, uh, but having the best intelligence the soonest that you're uh, in, in closest to you uh, allows you to make those pivots, allows you to uh, not be as reactive, uh, brings in a proactive model into it. Uh, really, you know, for, for this part, uh, again, we want to thank everyone that joined. Uh, one of, what we've put together for you folks, uh, a bit of a takeaway, and, and Peter will explain uh, how he'll pop on the line here in a moment and explain how, but we've put together uh, just some, some questions, some high-level questions that need to be asked. And, and uh, to be able to have the honest conversation not only uh, with yourself, but with your teammates, uh, with your employees, is is uh, what we've listed out here. You know, as part of our job, mine and and Matt's job with with Transportation Insight, we help companies guide through this process. Uh, again, there will be a way to to download this or, or or share with you, but but take this list and and see how much of this. Uh, applies to your organization. When was the last time these questions asked? When was the last time you were challenged? It could have been last week. It could have been last month. It could have been last decade. You know, we don't know. Uh, a lot of the folks that that uh, Matt and I have the pleasure of speaking with have have asked these initial questions of themselves and and see that uh, while we may need help, we need to know where we need help. We need to know where our gaps are to be able to address. And, and we walk uh, walk that path along with our customers. But uh, regardless of us, if, if you're not asking yourselves uh, anyone or, or all of these questions uh, on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, um, you may be operating far from an optimal uh, far from an optimal state. Matt, did you have any closing thoughts that you wanted to touch on? No, I agree. I think you said it perfectly there. Again, we're trying to challenge people on this call to ask these questions that they haven't. And just to say, you know, the end result might be you're doing great. Awesome. Pat yourself on the back. I mean, and that, that you get into a lot of different engagements with customers, right? And that is the case that you're doing very well. Awesome. You know, the, the whole idea of this is not to say you're doing it bad. The idea is to say, if you haven't challenged yourself, if you're not really looking into it and you would like some help to do so, and reach out, whether it's us or somebody else, doesn't really matter. But uh, the idea that, you know, opportunity is always out there uh, and just make sure that you're either taking advantage of it, if you already are great, and if you're not, uh, you know, maybe somebody can help. With regard to the technology, how would we go about acquiring that technology without increasing our budget to sp or our spending to acquire it? Did you catch that one, Matt? Yeah, I'm good. Um, kind of goes back to what I, what I said before. Again, I think people's immediate thought is I have to buy something, right? There's an expenditure to access technology, and that's not always the case. Uh, there are partners out there that, uh, through a larger service agreement, either make their revenue, whatnot, off of the services they provide, 
uh, and savings that they gain their customers and provide tech as part of that, not as, hey, you know, buy the tech from us and then hope for the ROI. It's, you know, we are going to guarantee the ROI or we don't make any money and the tech comes as part of that, right? Um, and so the, the idea that we always, if software, we have to pay for it. It's a cost I don't think is correct. I think if you reach out, ask yourself questions, again, challenge what your thoughts are on that, you might find that there's an opportunity out there uh, to actually access technology without an upfront cost. Uh, it might be gain share model or something like that. Somehow technology has to be paid for whether it's out of your pocket or maybe a third-party vendor or partner's pocket uh, is different. So it's definitely out there. So, you know, if the, if the volume is not crazy, if, you know, you don't think you can IT to put something in a budget for the tech, uh, I, I think it behooves you to kind of look at different options. So they're definitely out there. Uh, I'm not end-all, be-all, but I know that if you just think technology is a cost, so that's why we don't do it, uh, you're missing out. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Garrett, I have one here for you. Um, if my connection's still good. Uh, so what is the most important factor? Yeah. You good? Am I good? So what is the most You're important good. factor in determining if you have an optimal supply chain? You mentioned that before. So what's the most important factor? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's the consistent, uh, desire to uh, to learn, to know more, see what other folks are, are doing. You know, as, as uh, Matt mentioned, specific to technology is, is seeing if there's other partners that are out there that that can provide a third-party perspective, the the non-biased perspective on how your supply chain is. A lot of folks will hire consultants uh, to get snapshot views of how they're aligned uh, through partnerships with uh, with uh, uh, folks in the, the, the transportation space uh, that work from a consultative point of view, they can provide that, that type of guidance. Um, constantly checking and knowing what's out there is, is, is always a prescribed. Um, it, again, it, asking the questions is the first, uh, is the first step. Uh, it, it's the subsequent steps that, that will help you align to, to an optimal network. Uh, and I think, you know, what's the most important thing? It, it, it's all the above. Uh, I don't think, and, and Matt, you may have some, some commentary around this, uh, you know, of the, the, the four main items that we mentioned, um, each one of those are equally important. If you don't have a plan, uh, if you don't have a technology, if you don't have a compliance or audit piece, or you don't have the BI, we don't feel, uh, in, in the industry proves out that, that, um, uh, there's the opportunity to fall short. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think some people even on this call that uh, could be current clients of ours, um, you know, you may be using one piece of the tool or one piece of the services, um, but are you looking at it holistically? There could be a bunch of different reasons for that. Maybe tech, you know, prior to having a partner or whatnot, you've already invested heavily in that. And so that's kind of there to stay. If you don't want to challenge the status quo, although that's what we're trying to get you to do. Um, but in that situation, then, yeah, how do you work around it? But maybe just exploring it and seeing, you know, if we did make the change, what does it look like? So we can always kind of help out with the, this is the as is. Can we lead you to the to be? This is what it could be. Ultimately, it's up to you, you know, as an enterprise or as a manager or 
vice president, whatever, to kind of make that decision. But to not walk through the exercise, I think, again, uh, is leaving something on the table there. So uh, it, you get stuck in that, well, this is the way we've always done it. Or uh, to the point, my point in the beginning of the conversation, you know, the product gets where it needs to be. Okay. I mean, if you just want to leave it at that, then fine. But if you want to maybe be the hero and say, oh, you know, we're going to cut six digits, seven digits out of our supply chain, you know, I'll take that mantle if I was in that position any day. So, uh, again, it's a question of, to your point, aligning um, and not using pieces of it, but creating a very holistic solution to the entire supply chain operations. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you both. Um, very insightful information here. Uh, don't see any more questions here today, and we're getting close to time uh, being complete here. So I wanted to thank uh, both of you, Garrett and Matt, for sharing your perspectives today. Uh, I'm sure your insight's going be going to be a big help to our audience and uh, in understanding what questions they need to ask in order to make positive changes in their supply chains in the coming months and years. So uh, to our listeners, sure. if we didn't get to, if, if we didn't get to your questions, if we do, if you do have more questions, uh, we'll follow up directly with you. Um, you can feel free to contact Garrett and Matt directly as their contact information is there on the screen for you. So, uh, our, if you want to check a calendar of our upcoming Supply Chain Masters Series events in the resources section of our website, our next episode is actually tomorrow morning. It's a Supply Chain Masters roundtable that focuses on, builds on an earlier event that we focused on, uh, the proliferation of bio-online pickup in store. Now, our expert panel will give you some, some tips on how to put a winning strategy into place in your, in your bio-online pickup in store strategy. So whether your business is a large or small one, uh, Transportation Insight Supply Chain Solutions can help you control cost, manage risk, and improve your customer experience. So on behalf of our panelists, I'd like to, uh, and all of us at Transportation Insight, thank you for joining today's broadcast. May you master the remainder of your day. <laughs>